are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked on Diamondbacks podcast. We're part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day listening to who? The always charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer. So please go check out my website, MillerThomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design for today's show. We got a jam-packed show. As always, the D-backs had an early game today. They were done finish. Uh, they were done playing by the time I got off work. So we're going to be talking about today's game since it's 6.30 here on a Wednesday night as I'm recording. So we'll talk about today's game. We'll also talk about last night to walk off when we'll start off the pod talking about that. And then I want to wrap up the pod. It's going to be a little weird. We're going to talk about last night's game first, today's game second, and then I want to actually go back to last night's game and talk about Bob Brenly's comments on Marcus Stroman. I'm sure you guys heard, if you haven't heard it yet, a little controversial. He's getting a lot of flack today for his comments about Marcus Stroman's do-rag. If you guys don't know what do-rag is, go get yourselves uh, caught up on that. Go get cultured up on the do-rag as well. But first... Join walking baseball encyclopedia Paul Francis Sullivan, please call him Sully, every day on Lockdown MLB for a unique look at the majors both present and past, featuring exciting guest interviews, routine check-ins from the Lockdown MLB Network's team of local experts, and insightful analysis of the day's biggest stories. Lockdown MLB is the single best source for daily baseball talk. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. All right, all right, all right. Let's jump right into it and let's first discuss last night's D-backs game because these last two games I think have been pretty fun. The D-backs have finally shown some life here. Playing the Mets, I guess I will do that to you. I mean, I didn't think we would see any life uh, life from this D-backs offense after getting absolutely uh, demolished, obliterated, controlled, dominated by Jacob DeGrom on Monday, but... Last night was a different story for this D-backs offense, and they actually came alive later in this game. They didn't come alive until the sixth inning, so it took them a minute. Uh, Marcus Stroman was cruising through those first five innings, and then in this bottom of the sixth, that's when the D-backs were finally able to get to him, got three runs off of him, and those three runs came courtesy of Paven Smith, who has been on fire recently. We've been talking about Paven Smith a lot on this pod recently on Twitter. If you don't follow me on Twitter, at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account, at LockedOnDiamondbacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. And Paven Smith is the guy we've talked a lot about recently because he's been swinging a hot bat his last seven days. He's batting 520, guys, 520. 1411 OPS. He's been on an insane tear this past week. Him and Josh Reddick both. And that's crazy that the two hottest guys in the D backs lineup are the ones that basically swung the game. I don't even think basically. I mean, I think that's a pretty uh, obvious uh, advantage those two bats gave us in the lineup last night when you watched the game because Paven Smith, as I, was, as I was just saying, 
had that three-run bomb in the bottom of the sixth. And, and let me tell you, it was a bomb by Paven Smith. He cranked that. And let me actually see if I could see, I don't know, does StatCast tell you how far it went? Maybe I can at least look at the exit velo on that. Uh, yeah, Paven Smith's home run, second hardest ball of the night, 106 miles per hour. And it went 435 feet, so he absolutely crushed that ball. And we give Paven Smith, I don't give Paven Smith, but, you know, entering the season, uh, just the flaws in his game, people gave Paven Smith a lot of crap for his lack of power, but he's showing you right now he actually has some power. He doesn't hit a lot of home runs, but he, as we always say, he is among the league, or not league leaders, team leaders in a hard hit percentage, and he put a charge into that one last night for a three-run bomb. And then Josh Reddick in the bottom of the 10th, well, the Mets first scored in the top of the 10th. Keep that in mind. So the D-backs are down one run in the bottom of the 10th, but they got Paven Smith on board. Eduardo Escobar got on board. Then you had Josh Reddick absolutely rope one down the line. Just barely stayed fair for a double. Bringing those two guys home. And the D-backs with the walk-off win. Josh Reddick, as I was saying before, the other man in the lineup who has been on an absolute tear recently. Josh Reddick on the season for the D-backs. Batting 370 with 891 OPS. And if you want to do the same exercise, you know, we just did with Paven Smith over his last week. He's batting 500 with 1143 OPS. So some insane numbers by Josh Reddick there. Uh, Caleb Smith went in last night's game and he was solid, honestly. I mean, considering how the pitching has looked, Caleb Smith, if you can believe this, because I didn't even know this was his ERA till I just looked at it. 3-3-2 ERA for, pay, uh, for Caleb Smith. Went five innings, two earned runs. Only allowed three hits. One of them was a home run, which you don't like to see, but still, only allowing three hits. He only threw 58 pitches, so Caleb Smith was cruising along. And of course, Tori Lovello probably pulling him quicker than he needed to be pulled. Uh, just Tori, these guys are dealing. The bullpen isn't good. Keep these guys in the game, but some of these bullpen, bullpen ERAs are starting to look uh, more respectable for this D-backs team. All of a sudden, uh, I have their bullpen ERAs pulled up right here. Let me just go over to my notes because we talked a lot about how bad this D-backs bullpen has been all year. At least I've talked about it. I know at least in the early part of their season, their relief ERA wasn't too bad. And I haven't checked on it recently, at least in terms of how it compares to other teams around Major League Baseball. But... Caleb Smith, 3.32 ERA. Alex Young, 3.8. That's not too bad. Joaquin Soria, 3.6. That's not too bad. Joe Mantipoli, 3.68. That's not too bad. Still no guys sub three, but got some guys in the mid threes. We got some guys in the low fours like Taylor Clark at a 4.3 who has an opportunity to maybe get in that mid to high threes in terms of ERA. That would be pretty impressive. And maybe this bullpen is turning around just a little bit. But even if this bullpen turns around, still a lot of holes in this rotation. Uh, Madison Baumgartner, actually, we'll talk about him and his start. In the next segment, there's some news on him about a possible injury, which you don't like to see. But we got some Zach Gallon news as well. And it looks like Zach Gallon is progressing uh, pretty well. Uh, he's he's passed his most uh, 
his he's passed his most recent test. That's what I wanted to say. He's passed his most recent rehab test with a smooth bullpen uh, session. I think he was throwing from 90 feet, or he's going to be doing it soon. Uh, he threw out to 90 feet on Monday. He threw a bullpen session on Tuesday. So Zach Allen could be back in the fold soon. And you know we don't know yet about Madison Bumgarner. I'm gonna give you guys the news in the next segment, and but hopefully. He does not go on the injured list because it would suck for the D-backs to get one pitcher back and then Zach uh, to get a, one pitcher back and Zach Allen and then Mass and Bumgarner goes on the injured list. I mean, just the continuity for this team that they, they've been ravaged by injuries. That's not what you want to see, but I'm hoping, I'm hoping we get Zach Allen back. I mean, I know this season is not looking good right now for the D-backs, but. Guys, if we want to play the card everyone else uses on the D-backs or everyone else used on the D-backs when it was early in the season and they were looking good, when they said, hey, it's early, it's only 30 games in, don't worry about it, it doesn't matter right now, it's only about 30 games in, well, it's still early. I don't care if it's 60 games in. We still got 100 or so games left. So there's still a lot of time left in this D-back season. Can they turn it around? Ah, it's a, it's extremely unlikely. It's probably around a, a less than 0.5% of a chance that the D-backs are able to do that. But, hey, I'm still going to look for the positives in these games. I like watching Paven Smith. I like watching Josh Rojas. I'm always excited in one of these, you know, young starting pitchers from the prospect rankings come up and make their major league debut or make a start like a Corbin Martin or John Duplantier. So right now I'm just using this time to evaluate the young guns on the roster. But with 100 games left in the season, I'm still going to hold out a smidgen of hope that the D-backs can make a comeback in the standings and possibly make a wild card run. Now we'll talk about the D-backs game from today. But first, I want to talk to you guys about Fully Loaded Chew because today's episode is brought to you in part by Fully Loaded Chew. Fully Loaded Chew is tobacco-free, long-cut, and pouches that give you the same pack, dip, spit, and buzz you're used to without tobacco. Available in nine flavors, Fully Loaded Chew is made with all food-grade ingredients and tobacco-free nicotine the purest form of nicotine available. It's the only moist nicotine pouch on the market. All other nicotine pouches are dry, white pouches, nothing dips, spits, and packs like fully loaded. Fully loaded Chew is offering locked on Diamondbacks listeners a special offer. Right now, you can try for just $1. That's right, just $1. Go to www.fullyloadedchew.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, just $1 and free shipping if you use the code LOCKEDON at checkout. Next time you go for a dip, make it Fully Loaded Chew at fullyloadedchew.com. Have you guys heard about Sports Trade? It's where fantasy sports meets the stock market. This is amazing. Sports Trade takes fantasy to the next level. It's like Robin Hood for fantasy sports. Their platform allows you to buy and sell shares in your favorite players just like real stocks. Finally, a fair and exciting way to cash in on your knowledge of sports. And they just added baseball to their platform, so check it out today. Making money with Sports Trade is simple as player value rises and falls based on two factors 
One, their statistical performance in each game as compared to their projected fantasy points in that game. The more points scored, the higher their value goes. Two, good old supply and demand, baby. The more demand a player has, the higher their value goes. When you're ready to buy shares, take that penny stock in a rookie with huge upside or grab that blue chip vet who's always is a solid performer. Instantly buy and sell as many shares in as many players as you like, just like the stock market. Then watch your players battle and your portfolio value rise. Simply go to sportstrade.com, watch the How It Works video, and then sign up today to get started. Sign up today at sportstrade.com and discover the fun, exciting, and profitable new world of sports trading. This is truly the evolution of fantasy sports. You'll be amazed. Don't sit on the sidelines any longer. Get in the game at sportstrade.com. All right, all right, all right. Let's talk about today's Diamondbacks game because last night's game... It was a blast. D-backs, walk-off win. Josh Reddick. Ah, Paven Smith, three-run bomb. Ah, and today's game, it was fun as well. It was a great time. But this one, this particular game, though, ended in classic D-backs fashion. Worth their bullpen giving up, up, uh, giving up a run in the top of the ninth. What did I say? Giving up up? They gave up a run in the top of the ninth. And, of course, it was Joaquin Soria. I guess it was not technically his fault because uh the run came off an error by Ketel Marte and uh, something like that you just hate to see honestly because Ketel Marte is a stud he's coming off injury he means a lot to this D-backs team and he just messed up in center field and it happens sometimes he had a fielding error out there he's the reason why that run scored uh in the top of the ninth it wasn't you know fully Joaquin Soria's fault he didn't take the earned run I just have a little vendetta against Soria because I feel like he hasn't been that great this year but his ERA is steadily improving he's getting better with each uh with each outing 327 ERA now on the season after this game so I've I've been impressed with Soria over his last few outings uh you know he, he's looked solid out there on the mound but D-backs 6-6 ball game top of the ninth and they blow it they they give up an error give up the run and they were not able to complete a game to win their first series since the start of the month when they beat the Colorado Rockies and this was a game that I really thought they had it was a back and forth nature uh no pitching in this one from either starter. Uh, David Peterson, I believe is his name for the Mets. He only went a third of an inning. Yes, David Peterson just had to double check that. Only went a third of an inning. Only recorded one out. Five earned runs. D-backs were phenomenal against him. Uh, they went off in the bottom of the first inning because the top of the first inning, Madison Baumgartner did not have a fun time on the mound. He gave up four earned runs in the top of the first, but D-backs were able to come back in the bottom of the first with a five-run inning of their own. And to start it off, it was Ketel Marte with that first inning a bomb, one on. It was absolutely crushed, 450 feet. Let's see if we can find the exit velo on the one crushed today because that thing got out in a hurry, uh, what Ketel Marte did today. Yeah, 106.3, pretty much the same speed Paven Smith had uh, off his home run last night. 
And even Madison Bumgarner in the in the top of the first inning, he even was able to get an RBI single. So you know your offense is cooking when your pitcher is picking up hits as well. I really liked what the D-backs were able to do offensively. And welcome back. Uh, I don't even really know how to pronounce his first name. Uh, excuse me, ESPN. Can you literally please stop playing ads? Like, is there... I, you guys hear me talk about this probably every day on the podcast because it, it seriously infuriates me how they can just randomly play an ad in my ear without my consent. But uh, Yedemaro Vargas, I think that's how you say it. I didn't get a chance to catch today's game, so I couldn't hear the pronunciation. But we're just going to call him Vargas, former Arizona Dimeback, uh, started started his career with the AZD backs in. He's back on the team, and he made quite an impression in his first game back. Vargas, two for four, three RBIs. Uh, incredible game today by Vargas. Uh, incredible offensive game. Six runs back-to-back days. That's pretty good for the D-backs. It's been a while. Let's actually look up how long it's been exactly because it's felt like a long time since D-backs have put up uh, games with back-to-back uh, six-run outings. I mean, even if you just do... Five run outings back to back games has probably been a long time. Let's see. The last time D backs went back to back, we're in June now. So let's go back to May. Let's see. Loss. A lot of losses on here, as we know, as a D backs fan. I mean, the 20, nope, that's only four runs that day. So to do this exercise, maybe it's not fun to do on the pod because I'm like going back and looking through everything. Maybe this is one I should have had pre ready before talking to you guys, but. Just looking at it. Okay, the last time they put up six runs. May 1st, May 2nd against the Colorado Rockies. They lost May 1st, but they put up six runs. And they won May 2nd with eight runs. That was the last time they put up at least six runs in back-to-back games. So it's been quite literally a month since they've done it. That's the last time they did it. Able to do it again today. Offense. Impressive today. Offense was able to do a lot. Able to come through with the runners in scoring position today. Four for seven with runners in scoring position. But as I said, I had news for you guys. Madison Bumgarner left this game early. We know he got crushed in the first inning, but he only went two innings in this one. Threw 48 pitches, five earned runs. That's because Madison Bumgarner had some shoulder discomfort. He's going to be getting an MRI pretty soon. Uh, so that, that's going to be huge news. As I was saying before, we still don't know when Zach Allen's coming back, but it's expected to be soon. Taylor Widener is on the injured list. We know Luke Weaver is not going to be... Uh, we, we know Luke Weaver is not going to be reevaluated for, what, a month at least? So... This D-backs rotation is beat up. The only guy who is not beat up is Merrill Kelly, who's probably the worst starter in this rotation. But right now, Merrill Kelly at least is the better ERA than Madison Bumgarner, so he can at least hang his hat on that. But I was happy with this game. Yes, we lost, but I thought it was a fun game at least. Take back the game after the first inning. Then they then they gave up a run to make it 6-5 Mets lead after five. But then Vargas once again tied it up in the bottom of the six and so I was at least having fun with today's game, even though they didn't win today's game. It was still an entertaining watch, but that Madison Bumgarner news is pretty big deal. We're going to have to keep an eye out on that one. But hey, offense today had eight hits. They look really good. And get this, 
four walks to four strikeouts. Look at that. The D-backs all of a sudden can walk again. As we know, that game on Monday, they drew absolutely no walks against Jacob deGrom compared to like 11 strikeouts, I want to say off the top of my head. But four walks to four strikeouts in this game you'll take. You'll take the six runs. You'll take the eight hits. And you'll take the four for seven for runners in scoring position. The offense was definitely good enough to win today's game and get by the Mets. But Madison Bumgarner left the game Early, he got banged around. Riley Smith came in, went three innings, only gave up one earned run, even though he gave up six hits. Pitching, bullpen was actually fine for the D-backs today. I mean, to go, what, seven innings and only give up uh, one earned run? That's pretty dominant from the D-backs bullpen. So for once, the bullpen was actually fine for the D-backs. But today, it was the defense who's been struggling a lot recently, a lot of defensive mistakes recently, and they made another one today, and it was with our franchise player in Ketel Marte, and the D-backs also want to see them win some games because there's a lot of rumors swirling around Ketel Marte being moved, and that does not make me happy. We are writing, as I've said before on this podcast, of Ketel Marte uh, gets traded. We are, we are, we are writing somewhere, guys. We are not going to be violent or do a violent riot, but we will have a peaceful protest if Ketel Marte gets traded. Maybe we'll go in front of Chase Field with some signs and demand they, uh, I don't even know what you could do, veto the trade like in fantasy baseball. We're going to demand someone vetoes the trade because we cannot let Ketel Marte get away. Now, we'll address Bob Brenly's comments on Marcus Stroman from last night. But before we do that, let's talk about BetOnline because BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. You can track all the action at BetOnline. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, Head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code LOCKEDON. Alright, alright, alright. Let's get back into it and let's discuss uh let's discuss Bob Brenly's comments last night because he's taken a lot of flack, a lot of heat for his comments on the broadcast tonight. And if you didn't hear, uh, Bob Brenly, I think he was attempting to make a joke about Marcus Stroman's do-rag, and it did not land for the audience. It did not land, I don't think, for his broadcast crew. And this is what Bob Brenly said, just so we could get it. Word for word. Pretty sure that's the same do-rag that the great Tom Seaver used to wear when he pitched for the Mets. That was the line. Now, analyzing what Bob Brindley said, yes, uh, Tom Seaver never wore a do-rag. Uh, let's, let's be frank. Tom Seaver is white, and uh, there's not a lot of white people wearing do-rags unless they want to get some waves or protect their hair, but you don't really see it too often, so... We, we know Tom Seaver wasn't wearing a do-rag. I think Bob Brenly was trying to make a joke, and it just came off as 
insensitive, ignorant. I'm not going to go as far to say Bob Brindley is racist or that it might have had a racist undertone. Someone could definitely take it that way. I think when I hear this comment, I think of more just ignorance than anything. I don't think Bob Brindley was trying to be racist or coded or those, you know, how a lot of people are making him out to be. Maybe that language is coded in racism, but I don't think Bob Brindley was trying to go there. I think Bob Brindley is just, to be frank, uncultured when it comes to this kind of stuff. He just doesn't understand the culture uh, behind the do-rag and maybe just the culture surrounding a lot of black athletes because, or not even just black athletes, maybe minority athletes altogether because he was in some heat uh, before when he said uh, that maybe the reason Fernando Tatis is going so slow around the base paths is because he's got a bike chain around his neck. And a comment like that, I guess, could be uh, was taken wrong by a lot of people. But, you know, when I just read that comment, I mean, it sounds kind of funny. Maybe it's a, uh, you know, a compliment to how fat that guy's chain is, honestly. So some of these situations are just depending on how you perceive it. Because, listen, guys, I'm a minority. I'm black. I'm Hispanic. I'm honestly a few different things. I have a pretty diverse ethnic background. And when I first heard Bob Brenly's comments, I had, my mind didn't immediately go to racism. And that's part of just my overall thinking in terms of life. I don't try to everything I don't try to call racist. I, that's not my first inclination. Some things are definitely racist and needs to be called out. This wasn't a situation where I felt like it was racism, but definitely ignorance because Bob Brenly, I know, knows nothing about the do-rag. And Tom Seaver, I know, definitely doesn't wear a do-rag. And I don't think Bob Brenly was trying to make some insensitive racial comment that he just knows nothing about when it comes to do-rag. I think he was trying to make a lighthearted joke about, you know, how Strowman wears one and just trying to relate it to Tom Seaver, the pitching great, knowing Tom Seaver didn't wear one. Just the, 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 the weird thing is why point it out at all? That That's the issue. It's just what I have with it. Why even bring up the do-rag? Because I, I don't think he was trying to be, you know, against the do-rag. Uh, maybe he is against the do-rag, but I don't think he was trying to make some big deal out of it. I think he was just trying to make a joke about it because, you know, you don't see a ton of players wearing do-rags, mostly, uh, you know, minority players. And maybe he just thought it was a funny uh comparison contrast to compare a Marcus Stroman wearing one to uh, a Tom Seaver wearing one. And of course that joke did not land. And I wasn't one that was personally offended by his comments, but I definitely don't think it was one that he probably should have said just because it just a territory that he knows nothing about. And I think that's where it should end. I, I'm not trying to attack Bob Brenly. I'm not trying to call Bob Brenly racist, but I think he definitely does need to be, you know, cultured and, taught on some subjects dealing with the black and minority culture like a do-rag maybe he needs to learn uh not about chains but just more about the style and the swag that players like to do more about their clothing and why they wear certain things as opposed to certain uh as opposed to other players so I i'm not here to bash bob brenly and just call him a racist and he needs to be fired and canceled but an apology was cool because to the from the player's perspective that, that could, you know, if someone wants to take it personally, like, I, I understand why they would take it personally. Me, I don't see it that way. I wouldn't be personally offended by it. But I'm also oblivious to a lot of things, so I might have not even 
realize if someone tried to use a racial undertone with me because I'm just that oblivious to things sometimes when it's directly affecting me. It's weird. When something directly affects me, I'm more likely to be oblivious to it than if something affects someone else. I think I'm more likely to catch on. But if Marcus Stroman sees this as something offensive, I, I can see why. There is kind of an ongoing battle right now in terms of black people and minorities trying to fit their culture into society's norms and this is just an example of that this is something i deal with because i'm a guy if you guys ever see my lockdown locked on now videos on twitter i'm a guy with really long curly hair and in some settings that can be deemed unprofessional for a lot of black people them wearing their natural hair that can be deemed unprofessional and that's not you know that's not right because uh, who are who's making these norms? It's usually systematic norms that have been in place for years when there was a lack of diversity. And so someone, someone, you know, I, I don't think Bob Brindley was trying to make it racist, but someone calling out his do-rag. I don't know if calling out the word, but someone just acknowledging the do-rag without understanding the significance and what it means to Strowman and his culture just to make a joke out of it for really no apparent reason I, I could see why would take that personally because I'm fighting every day just like Strowman to you know you to, to wear my hair every day in, in an office setting when I was on TV I always made sure to have my hair you know extra curly because I want to be true to myself and who I was and that's just something we deal with as black individuals as minorities trying to fit your culture into society's norms and Bob Brenly making a joke about Marcus Stroman's do-rag clearly shows he is ignorant when it comes to that kind of thing and he just probably not a very cultured person uh in general basing it off the comments he said before so yeah Bob Brenly could use probably some sensitivity training I don't think Bob Brenly is racist because I think that's a pretty harsh thing to say about somebody I think a lot of people are ignorant and they don't understand someone else's culture they haven't experienced enough to really understand it i don't think that makes them racist racist i think you have a hatred toward another group of people and i don't think bob brenley has a hatred toward marcus stroman i think he's just ignorant and he made a pretty stupid joke about marcus stroman's do-rag without understanding to him and on a more macro level the significance and importance of something like that to minorities in general when it just comes to wearing the hair you want to in your your work setting when it comes to just you know maybe it's how you talk to other people and for some you know quote unquote that's slang how you talk to other people if it's not by the bible of how they speak it could be considered slang so there's just a lot of microaggressions that black people and minorities you know suffer on a daily basis and this could have be could have been seen as another one of those i just think this is a more ignorant stupid comment that bob brenley shouldn't have made i think he should apologize and i think some sensitivity training would go a long way too but i don't want to see bob brenley canceled i just want him to learn and become smarter from this situation hopefully he can start to educate himself on the black and minority culture now that's it for this edition of the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. Remember, get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Baskowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport, the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. And as always, come back tomorrow for more Diamondbacks news coverage and insight. And as always, stay safe and stay healthy. Deuces.